This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff, minus Alex, plus Nate, and Sam. That's you. I'm here. That was your cue. Sam has been decorating, decorating the Harper household, much to Nate's dismay. (laughs) I don't blame it. I live with the great. Men do not want to see you mess up their house with your Christmas decorations. But they're pretty. This is just like my grandfather's moving home from Florida and my mom and his uh, sister-in-law keep buying stuff for his apartment. He goes, just make sure it's manly. Right. So do you not think the gold and pink ornaments are manly? No! My wife will then come in and she'll say, but you decorate for Halloween. Yes, sweetheart. It's the one time of year you let me put skulls and dead things around the house. You're absolutely correct. You just decorate for the whole month of October? Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like... I know, I know. Because it's a trade-off then. I know, I can't say much. You're right. All right, today is Monday, November 28th. We're going to ask for a brief moment of silence for Jim and the Ohio State fans. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. Muff's going to observe it anyway. I appreciate it. Okay, Jim at least lasted two or three seconds there. Yeah, I'm <laughs> That's what Jordan said. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why is it always Nate? Why is it always Nate that does this? Because he's the most inappropriate person I've ever met in my life. I it's okay. I'm going to disagree. Uh, college football conference championships are going to be all the buzz this week as we're going to go into more discussion on that later in today's episode. We have a special World Cup check-in from our senior correspondent, straight from Cutter. A new guru comes in the fold this week in anticipation of Tuesday's match against Iran for the United States. Did Did you watch the England match? It did. So did I. Did you watch the Wales match? No, I was at work. I watched highlights. <laughs> I We also have a, a breakdown from our new special guru, Andrew, on that Wales match as well. A lot of good insight. I'm excited. We also bring you some of the typical segments without Alex this week. It's absolutely great time for Alex because he doesn't have to uh, listen to Big 12 talk with Jim. After I'm telling you, you're going to see a new Jim. You're going to see a new Jim this week, ladies and gentlemen. Get popped. If you had to describe what this new gym will be in two to three words, what would be that description? Um, A more, a less biased gym. Mm. Jim Harbaugh's son. <laughs> You're an asshole. Uh, be sure to follow at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter. Sports Stuff W forward slash Jim Amerson Muff on Facebook and YouTube. Subscribe, comment, rate, review, tickle, poke. You got them all today. Retweet, like. Turn on the notifications. That's all that matters. So that when we give you something new, you'll know about it. Subscribe. Hit the bell, right? That's what we do? Yep. Get the bell on. All right. We are still on the journey for more YouTube followers. So oh, get yeah. on board. Going to have a giveaway at 100 subscribers. So tell a friend, make a friend, be a friend on that. Um, and if you're wondering how you can be a part of this and growing this aside from yourself, um, tell a friend, go and subscribe, hit the bell, and do all the things. And you'll see the new videos as they're posted. You can like them, comment them, share. 
other action items? Yeah, do it. Do the things. Nate, what would you do? Nate, you're a subscriber, right? Yeah, of course. Is Sam? Yes. Is Sam lying? No, I am. Prove it. I feel like Sam is a ride or die homie. Like that's true. I am. I don't. I think my wife is too, but I'm not willing to stake a lot of money on it. Listen, you have better fantasy lineup. I doubt she subscribes. Get her. Get her, Nate. I I respect and I am going to say I highly doubt that Sam watches many of the videos, but I appreciate her subscription. Yeah. Yeah. I only subscribe to you and craft stuff, so. Oh, well, that's a unique pairing. You're (laughs) the uh, the algorithms are screwed up with you. Absolutely. They're not sure what to do. Absolutely. Uh, Alex isn't here to give the Pittsburgh Penguins check in, but I will do that. Uh, The pick. Pittsburgh Penguins are 11, 8, and 3, sitting in fourth place in the Eastern Metropolitan Division with Jim's Golden Knights. That's team number one, correct, Jim? Team one. Still sitting atop the Western Pacific. Yep. The Kraken are behind them in second place. That's team two. And then team three is in the basement. Columbus Blue Jackets are at the bottom of the Eastern Metropolitan uh, in the hockey... Kraken and the Knights play each other here soon. Ooh, I think the I think Penguins. This week. The Penguins played the Kraken last week. I don't know. I honestly don't know the outcome, but they played. Me either. I don't know. We need to find out when the Kraken or the Golden Knights come to Columbus and get Jim to that game. Oh yeah, that'd be great. I've actually come to Pittsburgh for either one of those too. To be honest, like if with the four of us were to go to a, a Penguins game, I would go. I'd make that a thing. Make that a thing. We can, yeah. We can take a look, see what the dynamic pricing is at those times. Right. Um, in hockey-like news, Russell Westbrook had a bloody face after taking a hard foul from Spurs Zach Collins. Yeah. Go LeBron ahead, ran to his rescue with a towel, pulled him out of the fray, got him to help. Collins gets ejected. Russ gets a technical. Russ never threw hands. He jumped up, blood covered in all over his face, and the ref says, "You know what? Technical. I don't like the way you jumped up." Is it not like we ju- not like the way he jumped up, or not like what he said when he jumped up? Russ doesn't understand it. I I don't know. I gotta think like if he comes up with a head full of blood, I'm gonna give him some grace, no matter what he says. Yeah, as long as he doesn't get out of hand, because we've had that happen, not with, like, blood, but, like, player gets injured or whatever. It was, like, my first year officiating, and he says something to the guy that hit him, and I threw a flag, and the, one of the veteran guys comes over to me and goes, oh, we're going to let this one slide. <laughs> yeah. Is blood that uh, that differentiator? Yeah, what's the saying? It's always no blood, no foul. No, yeah, if there's blood, there's obviously you've done something wrong. Yeah. In dance, it was always no pain, no gain. If your bobby pins didn't hurt going into your head, you weren't going to do well. So making you less comfortable was how you improved. Well, what if your hair fell out and then you were distracted by your hair on stage? Sam, have you seen the movie Black Widow? No. You should watch that because that's what I think of, of dance and dance moms, that whole genre. Black Widow? Yeah, how they created the Black Widows. Just watch the movie. 
Okay. Marvel fans will understand. Okay. Anything else? Real quick, back to your hockey, Jim. The Blue Jackets played the Golden Knights. Yeah. On today, on Monday, twenty eighth. Oh, so tomorrow. Well, since we're recording today. (laughs) If I could get free tickets, I'd go. Yeah, if anybody's listening to this in the morning, (laughs) Jim needs a pair of tickets to Nationwide Arena. Yeah. There should be plenty of seats available, but... Send it to every radio station in the Columbus area. Like, if I could get tickets, Muff, if I'm at work tomorrow and I get tickets, are you willing to come down? I'm going to say it's probably not going to happen tomorrow. So then who am I going to go with, Nate? You know what I mean? Take your daughter. I could. That's true. Yeah, you got to take your favorite daughter, though. (laughs) They're both loved equally. Yeah, right. There's always a favorite. No, no. They're both loved equally. So, Vegas is playing in Columbus, and then they play in Pittsburgh on Thursday. Hmm. That. See what you can do, Buff. I will make that trip. And the Kraken are in Columbus on Friday, March 3rd. So far away. (laughs) Tons of time to plan. That's probably what we should do, though. (laughs) Tons of time to plan. There's tons of time to plan. All right, everybody. Let's get into the show. Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Starting with the NFL Week 12 Breakdown. Breakdown. How about it, Muff? Nate, Nate doesn't have any Alex-type sound effects. I know. Nate, if you, had to, if you had to give yourself one sound effect, what would it be? Uh, Whatever the sound a beanbag would make as you throw it. <laughs> There's Nate's sound effect. <laughs> We've found it. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. I have a lot of sound effects. Well, we know. We just need one for Nate. <laughs> okay. Oh. What would be your sound effect, Sam? You can only choose one. Ooh. There, right there. That's it. That is the sound yeah. effect. That's it. <laughs> Found it. All right. In Thanksgiving Day games, we start out with the Bills taking on the Lions. In the holiday's first game, the Bills take a win away from the Lions behind a strong showing from Josh Allen who accounts for three touchdowns, surviving a big game from Amon Ross St. Brown and the Lions. The Bills win 28-25. Nate, you had banged it in my head that it's not Thanksgiving unless the Lions lose. Mm-hmm. I want to know, what would you have done had the Lions pulled it out? Um, that's a good question because I never really had to think about what that would, would happen. <laughs> Like, do you just cancel Thanksgiving, kick everybody out? Well, Thanksgiving over. That or I just get on Madden and play and let the Lions lose. Oh, okay. All right, that's fair. Thanksgiving's not over. It just never started. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. In in Nate land. Yeah. All right. Next in Thanksgiving, we have the Giants taking on the Cowboys. The Giants continue their journey back. To mediocrity with a 28 to 20 loss to the Cowboys in the tryptophan part of Thanksgiving Day. Dak Prescott throws for two touchdowns, coupled with two interceptions, while Zeke Elliott puts one in on the ground and has one of his best games of the seasons. 
Giants just can't put the ball in the end zone in this one, settling for two field goals on drives that could have made this a game in the end. Zeke did great because of, he was told that the drug test, oh, you'll you'll be okay. Everything pops with tryptophan. You'll be fine. I think it just shows that the Giants are who we thought they were. Oh, see, that's what I was wondering, too, because we had said that in one of the shows last week, that if they can't handle the Cowboys, this is probably going to be it for them as far as the season goes. I don't know that I just I agree. I think this was not a bad showing for them. I mean, they really weren't in that game at any point, I didn't think. It didn't feel like it. There was like one, I think there was one time in the second half where I was like, oh, and then they either punted or there was a turnover or something. Something did not go their way. And I was like, well, well, I think we're done now. Yeah. I mean, they were up 13 7 going into half, but still, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like, all right, they've got momentum going here to carry in the second half. Yeah. I agree. I think Saquon needs to get out of New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hate to say it. The, the news and the buzz around Dallas is, will OBJ end up there all said and done? Or prison. I'll say, yeah, he, he might end up there, but he's got to get on the flight there first. Jeez. Go ahead, Jim. So he was removed from a flight. I shouldn't. This is bad. He was removed from a flight at Miami National Air, International Airport Sunday. Uh, they said he was in and out of consciousness and refused to leave the airplane. His side of the story is that that's all BS. He walked peacefully, according to onlookers, peacefully off the plane, fully conscious, escorted by police, and he found a ride wherever he was going. <laughs> it's a big to-do about nothing. He was very vocal on Twitter about saying that something happened and it was nothing he'd ever experienced in his life up until that point. Um, so I'd be interested to see where this all ends up. I'm guessing that it's done. There's probably not going to be no charges if he left peacefully, unless he had some something on him that he shouldn't have, but there's been no reports of that. So, yeah, I don't know. The only That's thing that could happen, situation. yeah, the only thing that can happen here is that if he comes back at the airport or the police or whoever was in charge of this whole yeah. thing. So, but we know uh, what airline this was. Frontier. Gotta be gotta be frontier. I agree. Agree, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. Off the top of my head, I don't. I'm sorry. So uh but do we think he's gonna end up in Dallas? No. Do you think he's gonna end up anywhere then? No. I think he will end up in Dallas. I don't know that he passes a physical. Um I think that may be fleshed out at this point i mean you have to pass the team physical but i think he's passed i think he's proven that to some level degree that he's able to do it i think think the ankle injury he'll be like whatever he hurt is fixed i agree but i think i am i'm gonna give a hot take and say he does not pass a team physical for some reason okay jerry's gonna say nah I don't know that he wants to play for Dallas. Dallas wants them to play for him, or at least the players do. Yeah. So we will see where that ends up. It's got to be probably the next two or three weeks to realistically mm-hmm. be ready for the end of the season and playoffs. So yep. more to come later on that. In the nightcap, Patriots versus Vikings on Thanksgiving Day. 
in the Sleepy Turkey Bowl. The Vikings come back from last week's huge loss to the Cowboys, beating the Patriots 33-26 to thanks to three touchdown passes from Kirk Cousins. Mac Jones does have a strong outing for the Patriots, throwing for 382 yards and two touchdowns in a losing effort. Vikings, I didn't really stay up much for this one. I watched the whole game. The Vikings rebounded well. That's all I'm going to say. They got the win. They definitely were able to put points in this game, um, even against a Bill Belichick defense, but they were shorthanded, I believe. So I think this is kind of just a ho-hum. I don't think it proves anything. Good. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't even see this game, and I'm trying to figure out who I took for the betting show. I took the Vikings. Minus thanks, two and a half. Thank Jeebus. Was Nate? All I know is Justin Jefferson had a hell of a game for me in fantasy. Yes, me too, in a couple leagues. Next, we have the Texans taking on the Dolphins in Sunday football. The Dolphins take care of business against the Texans, winning 30-15. Two of throws for 290 yards and a touchdown, while Kyle Allen gets a start over Davis Mills, tossing two interceptions for the Texans. Who threw the two interceptions? Davis Mills. Okay. I'm sorry, uh, Kyle Allen. Uh, that's what I was confused about. I'm sorry. So, are you ready to give two of his flowers? Is this week 12? I yep. think. I'm going to say the Dolphins are for real. Oh, my God. What's it going to take? It's a team sport, Jim. Oh, whatever, Mom. You know what? I'm going to take this new peaceful me and just let you be. You win as a team, you lose as a team. Sure. <laughs> Next, we have the Bengals taking on the Titans. The Bengals steal a possession at the end of the game thanks to a personal foul on the Titans on a field goal try to rid any chance of a possible game-winning drive and beat the Titans 20-16. to Joe Burrow tosses for 270 and a touchdown, and Sam Perrine gets a rushing touchdown, replacing Joe Mixon this week, who was out with a concussion. Big win for the Bengals as far as the, yeah, that's division, division, the division goes. Yeah. What yeah, is I mean, the Titans' record? After today, they're both 7-4. and four. I believe the Titans are in cruise control in their division because it sucks. Yeah. I don't know, but the Titans, if they think they're going to go anywhere, they've got to get a pass game going. Yeah, granted, Tannehill still threw from 300 yards, but, I mean, Derrick Henry led him in receiving, and it was on a play that he fumbled in the end zone, and the receiver was down there to recover it. Mm-hmm. Yep, they've got to figure something out. There's not A.J. Brown there anymore to take him over the top. Although yep. Traylon Burks is standing out recently. But they need more consistency from him. Yeah, and they just need to be more balanced on offense. I mean, I know they want to identify themselves to run the ball with Derrick Henry down your throat. But, I mean, once you start putting nine guys or so in the box, teams are going to be good enough to eventually stop you. I agree. Up next, Broncos taking on the Panthers. The Panthers trot out Sam Darnold again this season. He gets the W against the Broncos 23-10. to uh, Donald tossed one touchdown and Deonta Foreman rushed for over 100 and a touchdown with the Broncos. Couldn't even muster 250 total yards in this game. There was a lot of, I sent you a TikTok of people screaming at Russ, his own players screaming at him. It, I've seen rumors that he's calling audibles that were the Seahawks audibles. He is, he seems out of sorts. 
Yeah, he's definitely lost the team already. Yeah. Which is bad. Bad, bad year one. Yeah, especially after you sign that contract for what, 200 some million dollars? Yeah. Good job, John. Way to go, John. And that's, that was my other question. Do you think, like, John Elway, what are you doing, buddy? Was I mean, I don't think anybody could have imagined Russ would be the way he is right now and not his teammates, like Muffs, would be yelling at him and they'd be, what, three and eight. But they always kept trying to say, oh, they're a quarterback away. Well, I don't think it's more than that. If they are, it isn't this one. Well, mm-hmm. they released Melvin Gordon III last week. Because, because he was playing playing some music that Russ didn't like. It is the rumor. The rumor. The rumor is that Melvin Gordon was the tumor. There's a tumor. I don't think it was Melvin. Bears taking on the Jets. Both teams have backup quarterbacks in this one. Justin Fields out with concussion for the Bears. Insert Trevor Simeon. And the Jets toss Mike White into the mix for Zach Wilson. Because he's not able, not supposed to play anymore. Yeah, <laughs> he's he has lost the team. Uh, I don't know. Okay, keep going. I don't know that he's lost the team. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has after today. Mike White gets the better of the backup battle, and the Jets win thirty-one to ten, improving to seven and four in the season. I believe they're in the last wild card spot right now in the AFC. I don't think that means he lost the team. I think that they were just like, well, he, this guy's better. Like I genuinely think people like him. But I think he's lost himself with the whole MILF Hunter thing. Like, I think he kind of just, he fell apart. So, I got to see if Mike White can put another game together. Because then he come in at one point last year, did real well, and then goes back to reality the following week. Yeah. So, I mean, let's see if Mike White can put two solid games together. That's what I'm trying to find out now who they play next week. The Jets are at the Vikings next week. So let's see what Mike White has next week. Uh, he, he may not have a bad game against the Vikings. Their defense isn't necessarily tip-top. But I'm not going to say there's going to be a win in his future, but I don't think his stat line is going to be terrible. Mm. But TBD, next we have the Falcons taking on the Commanders. Taylor Heineke and Brian Robinson do the yeoman's work for the Commanders as they come out on top over the Falcons 19-3. More interesting news, Jim. The Commanders unveiled a memorial statue mannequin for Sean Taylor. Like, when I say I'm going to do a memorial for a player or a statue for a player, we're thinking granite, bronze, something Mm -hmm. of substance. We're not talking about a wire frame with his jersey, his pads, and his helmet. Right? I agree wholeheartedly. Again, not something I think would be out there. But, you know, they probably didn't want Patrick Mahomes' brother to go out there and mess with it, so they had to put it behind, you know, glass. He can't but dance it's a mannequin. He can't, he can't dance all over that. That's true. I don't know. This, to me, was the commanders dropping yet another PR ball. They could have come out looking good, and they botched it. No, it's Washington. What do you expect? Yeah. They knows. They they was sitting in the shit stands. Yeah, luckily there was no shit in the stands while I was there last year. Well, there was a game being played, so there was shit somewhere in that stadium. 
Speaking of shit, the Browns take on the Bucks. Yeah, that was shit, right? So <laughs> you were the- there, right? <laughs> no, I ended up not going. I'll get into that later. Uh, oh, why can't we get into it now? I don't, know if we, I don't know if we need to get into it later. No, I'll tell you guys off air later. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I'm blaming Sam. No, it wasn't Sam. Oh. But I did say something really stupid that we'll get to in a few. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, the game started off well. Both teams score in their opening drives and then kind of turned into a snooze fest. And then second half there, Tampa scores in the third quarter. I'm like, all right, defense is playing well. And then they have their opportunity. There's like five, six minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Cleveland goes for it on like fourth and four or fourth and five or something. And they don't get in. Tampa gets the ball back towards midfield. I'm like, all right, all you got to do is get points here. You can probably hold it, win the game. And they couldn't even do that. Then later in the game, that goes into overtime, which I texted Sam, said, oh, the game's going into overtime. Just who's winning? <laughs> I realized what I said after I sent it, but I was waiting to see what his response was before I corrected myself, and he figured it out. Did Nate even have to respond? Well, he said, reread that text. <laughs> yeah, I said my famous quote please reread the above text and try again. So then I said, <laughs> my sister. Nate just like, you know, made fun because Nate has a list of stupid things that I say. And I was like, oh, Nate's going to have an addition to the list. And she asked me what? And I was like, well, he said the game was going into overtime and I asked who was winning. And she goes, well, someone has to be winning if they're going into overtime. So So you get it naturally. Yeah. This is what happens when you don't ever watch sports growing up. It's okay. It's okay. Just talk about putting, you know, bobby pins really tight into your hair, yeah. in your head. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, side effects is uh, brain damage. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they had a chance even in overtime or go, right before overtime on the hail mary to then connect. I just got the bobby pins thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> slow, slow night. Good God. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they had their chance. They were driving towards the end of the game, and they got the ball to start overtime. I'm like, all right, they got a chance here. All the momentum going, and then. They got a holding penalty, and unfortunately, on the same play, their right tackle got hurt. And the worst kid, he's like third year in the league, and probably their best offensive lineman outside Jensen, who's also hurt. And they said it didn't look good, and they didn't even show the replay on it. They said it was too good. But he hopped himself up on the cart, though. Yeah, then I saw a sports writer that I follow on Twitter said he was walking around the locker room in a walking boot after the game with no limp or nothing. So. They might have dodged a bullet there, but, I mean, that's just such a deflating loss to me, I think. I mean, you finally get back on the right side of things with that big win over Seattle, who was playing really well, and then you go into Cleveland and lay an egg. I mean, Cleveland was just so much more physical. They looked like they actually wanted to be there. I mean, I even told my dad watching the game, I'm like, they doesn't even look like Tampa wants to be there. The Browns looked like they did for probably the first game I've seen them in a long time. Mm-hmm. It was, and I tell you what, Brissett looked like he was playing to keep his job. Oh, I don't blame him whatsoever. I mean, when you on the outside looking in, I'm like, all right, Deshaun's able to come back next week. Doesn't I mean he is, but it sounds like he is. I mean, you had a team that's three and seven with all these weapons. I would say, yeah, you probably could have done more, but he definitely looked really good today, especially running outside the pocket, yeah. running for some yards. 
He yep. he was auditioning for jobs next year. Oh yeah, for sure. So, all right. Well, good breakdown, Nate. Next, we have the Ravens taking on the Jags. The Jags score late and toss their nuts on the ground, going for two with 15 seconds left, beating the Ravens 28-27. to Trevor Lawrence throws for 321 and three touchdowns to put the Jags over the top in this one, who lost ETN early in the game. Not sure what's going to come of that. Oh, that's not good. Maybe Speaking the of over the top, did anybody see the Jaguars mascot in his underwear? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The Jaguars franchise is so confusing and so like it should be like one of Netflix specials because like I've seen reports where like all the concession stands have been like reported from the health inspector because there's dead rodents in the in in the concession stands. This mm-hmm. mascot and his underwear, this mascot's been in trouble. They have a pro wrestling like AW messes with the team and like has been in like their practice facilities, the Urban Meyer saga. Like, I honestly think it's like that uh, music festival that fell to shit. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I think the Jaguars are. Yeah, Hills. Oh my God. <laughs> well, well, well. How the turntables. But no, I saw something the other day, and this is the perfect set for it is I don't know which ESPN account it was, or maybe not even one of them. They said, what do you want to see as the next ESPN 30 for 30? I think we just found it. Uh, absolutely. That'd be great. Which which year do we start with the Jaguars? Or right right before Urban Meyer? Yeah, I think you got to start either right before or during the year they went to the AFC Championship game. Okay. Perfect. And then, and then the downfall? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. ESPN, if you're listening, 30 for 30 special right there. Absolutely. Next, we have the Raiders taking on the Seahawks. The Raiders mount a fourth quarter comeback with a pass from Derek Carr to Foster Moreau, and then Josh Jacobs takes the show in overtime with an 86-yard touchdown run to win the game for the Raiders, 40-34. to Yeah, Josh Jacobs just completely showed out today. Yeah, like two, two hundred over two hundred yards rushing, two or three touchdowns, two touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, two touchdowns, and then he also led him in receiving or tied to the with Devontae Adams in receiving seventy four yards. Yeah, but this Good. was an outcome that should have happened. Like Correct. I know the season has said otherwise, but this is how it should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this offensive output for the Raiders. I think if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm like, where has this been all year? Right. Yikes. Chargers taking on the Cardinals. Jim, have at it. I mean, I wrote it for your voice, so please. Did you? Okay. The Chargers snatch victory from the Jaws of Defeat with a late fourth quarter touchdown from Herbert to Ackler and then a successful two-point conversion to win the game 25-24. to 24. That's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Because when I looked at the scoreboard, I was like, oh, Exactly what I said was going to happen. They're getting their asses kicked, and they will lose the game. And, then, and out of nowhere, this happened. And then there was a Starbucks next to a Starbucks. <laughs> um, well, there you go. Uh, some additional news from Cardinals camp, who right now are in uh, Hard Knocks. And apparently the Hard Knocks 
has not even figured out how to cover them appropriately because they cut out all the good stuff, uh, or at least the things that are the most polarizing. Um, Cardinals offensive line and running game coordinator Sean Kugler was fired after their game last week in Mexico after an incident involving Kugler allegedly groping a woman during their team trip to Mexico City. This is, I believe, the second instance of um, not necessarily of this, but of a uh, issue within the Cardinals organization that Hard Knocks has not even gone into the detail of. They've just kind of glossed over it. And I forget where the first one was, but it was also not good. I saw a thing that, and I, I'm not going to defend Hard Knocks because I'm the first one to go like, oh. But I saw a thing that the tapes of this whole situation were taken from Hard Knocks. Mm. Like they were not in control of of the material in this one. Oh. Yeah. Of what? Yeah. The the discussion? The discussion. NFL and the Cardinals would not allow that to be aired. I'm I'm pretty sure this was this was taken out of their hands by all legal representation. On all sides of all yeah. corners of this situation. Yeah. Got it. Next, we have the Saints taking on the 49ers. The 49ers defense forces Alvin Kamara to fumble twice. They also become the first team since 2001 to blank the Saints. Niners win 13 to nothing. 49ers defense, I'm telling you, they're a force to be reckoned with. I'm going to say I don't agree entirely. I'm not going to say they're not good, but I don't think they're this what this game shows us. They were playing the Saints. Sure. Held them to 63 yards rushing. You think uh, Jameis is standing on the sidelines like, put me in? No, Andy had a good day as far as throwing the ball goes. They just couldn't get it in. He had like 200 yards. Yeah, 18 to 29 for 204. No interceptions. No interceptions, no touchdowns, one sack. They couldn't get it in to the end zone. That's what she said. Oh, and Nate's the problem. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Rams taking, <laughs> Rams taking on the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes throws for 320 in a tutty. Isaiah Pacheco ran for a score. And the Kansas City Chiefs slogged their way to a 26-10 victory over the beat-up Rams. Including their head coach, who also took a shoulder shrug off of one of his players. The Rams are in full descent. Yeah, if it wasn't for being past the trade deadline, I think the Rams would be on having a fire sale. No, oh, yeah, they'd be picking up Jacoby Brissett because yeah. Matt Matt Stafford did not play in this game, and there's rumors that he's not gonna play. Like he's done so. It's a concussion, but I mean, yeah, you got six games left, and I think they're pretty much all but out of it. Yeah. And, but I'm more worried about the long term if it's a concussion and he's telling people he might not be back. He's got a Super Bowl. Yeah. But, like, if you're telling – is it I'm done, I'm hanging it up? Or is it the concussion is that bad? I think it's just that he's done for the year. I mean, what's the point of bringing him back? I mean, they're next to last in the conference. Let's hope so. It's pretty much I mean, them in the three and eight. The only team that's worse than them in the conference right now is the Bears. Right. Yeah. The Rams, the Texans, and the Bears. 
it's time to just mail it in. Phone it in and mm. be done with it. Sunday night football, live looking. Packers, Eagles, Nate. 13 7 Eagles. 13 7 the Eagles. Where are we at? Middle of the second quarter? Yeah, just under five minutes left in the first quarter. Two uh-huh. touchdowns for the Eagles, and then Packers just marches down the field on four plays to cut the deficit in half after <clears throat> Philly missed an extra point. Okay. And in Monday night football, we have the Steelers taking on the Colts. Our picks are in, and they will be. Jim? Uh, I got the Steelers in this one. Nate? Give me the Colts in a low-scoring game. I have the Steelers as a best bet. And the Steelers are the Neil Brown risky pick of the week in the betting episode. All right. And that wraps up this week's NFL Breakdown. Breakdown. And brings us into Jim. College football breakdown. This is twice. This is twice now where you have not. Bring I'm not giving you a song. melodious tune. I'm sorry. Right now, we need revelry from you, Jim. It's college football. It's the college football breakdown. Breakdown. Thank you, Sam, for bringing a little liveliness to this. That's what I'm here for. Appreciate it. I'm not just a pretty face. You're not. You're a decorator of decorators. You're a crafter of crafters, and you're a. Um, uh, what are we I'm gonna end this you? one. Go ahead. You are a. You're the coordinator of happiness. Oh, there we go. That's it. I like that. You're a poet. And her head grew twice as big this year. <laughs> You're welcome, Nate. It's great to be in the Harper household right now. In college football, we will start with the top 25, subtracting the Big Ten and Big 12 teams, and then we'll do a Big Ten and Big 12. Who's going to do the Big 12? We will see. Number one, Georgia picks up a win in preparation for the SEC championship game, beating Georgia Tech 37-14. to Good job, Georgia. Enjoy next week when you beat the shit out of LSU. This is pretty much Georgia just don't screw it up. Yep. And they they knew the assignment and they achieved. Yep. Jimbo Fisher wins the battle of the asshats as Texas A&M beats number five LSU 38 to 23. We should award a trophy. If this is like a regular game, we should award a trophy. Like here is your asshat trophy. Uh, Jimbo Fisher looked like a real deal coach for probably the first time I've seen him all year. And LSU looked flat. I did not watch this game, so I'm going to take everything I did, because things matter to me. Things matter. <laughs> things matter to me now. More so than they did prior More to. More so than they did the Saturday at about 3 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Number six, USC uses a Heisman-level performance from Caleb Williams to dispatch of number 15, Notre Dame, 38-27. If that game was not the reason why he shouldn't win the Heisman, I don't know what is. Yeah, he looked damn good. And I don't know why. Like, is he a junior, senior? Um, Got to be a sophomore because I'm not seeing him on any draft boards. Sophomore. Yeah, because yeah. he went from Oklahoma to USC. I will tell you what. USC, look out for them. He's just a – he's like Houdini. He's like, Pat Mahomes and a young virgin, man. Yeah, but that's going to catch up to him. You think? 
I think if they make the playoff, that's going to mm-hmm. catch up to them. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're not going to be playing Notre Dame. No offense to Notre Dame, but no offense to Notre Dame, they couldn't wrap them up. But if you go in and you play an Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, LSU, they're going to wrap you up. I would only fear Georgia if I'm Caleb Williams. I've watched everybody else this weekend. If I'm Caleb Williams, I fear Georgia, and that's it. You don't I think fear everybody Michigan? does. Huh? You don't fear Michigan? Nope. Nope, not one bit. Not even a little bit? Nope. Okay. If I'm him, and him only. <laughs> okay. CJ, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, I don't uh, – that's a precursor. Yeah. All right. Number seven, I'm, Alabama. I'm doing that unbiasedly, just so for the record. No, you're good. Number seven, yeah. Alabama beats Auburn in the Iron Bowl, 49 to 27. My only issue with this is at nine and or 10 and two now, and Nick has to, but he made claim that they should be in the playoffs as if it was just let it be writ. And I was like, Nick. I mean,. He has stick to I'll give him that. Yeah, he's, that's his job, but yeah, that's a hard sell for me. He's, he's a good lobbyist. Sure. South Carolina makes it two top 10 upsets in a row, besting number eight Clemson 31 to 30. Great. That's awesome. I love it. Upset makes sad Dabo. I'm okay with that. How about South Carolina? Spencer Rattler. He's graduating? I think so. This said as a junior. Okay. Well, this, this is good building blocks for South Carolina. And South Carolina's head coach, when asked, hey, did you expect this from your team? He pretty much said, hell yeah, I did. I knew that we could win. So they got some confidence, think, and I like it. Do you think Spencer Rattler requires certain medication to stay on task? Are you saying Spencer Rattler has ADHD? Something. Because like his games are either really, really good and very focused and he knows what he's doing, or he falls to shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe you should ask him. Tweet at him, Jim. See what he says. I will, I will tweet. <laughs> Number 21, Oregon State, helps more mix-ups in the top 10, beating number nine, Oregon, 38 to 34, thanks to Oregon's last three possession ending in turnover on downs. Like, you lose by four in your last three possessions, you turn it over on downs. Yikes. I watched the tail end of this game. Oregon, and I'll get to my diatribe later, but Oregon didn't have the heart at the end. Yeah, I, I saw something on the ticker. And I'm tr- I don't know if I'll be able to find it, but like Oregon State's last however many drives, they just rushed it down their throat. Yep. Well, I think their quarterback threw for like 10 passes all game. Yeah. As a team, so Oregon State, 6 of 13 passing for 60 yards, mm-hmm. team rushing, 43 for 268. Yeah. And or I was watching, so I was looking between this and I believe it was on the same time as the Penn State game. And mm-hmm. Oregon, I like was watching it and they were inside the five on like first and goal. And I was like, ah, oh, they're gonna get some points out of this. So I switched it back and then I switched it like five minutes later and it was like Oregon State had the ball at the 10. Yep. That's, you points. did the same thing I did. And it was that's exactly one, what I did. 
And I was like, wait, what? There had to have been a turnover. What the hell happened? Right. And it was no, it was a turnover on downs. I was like, how? Why? Why do you not take the points there? Yep. That was dumb. And then they continued to not do it. But so goes Oregon life. (laughs) Next two games. No, I'm sorry. Tennessee uh, dog whoops the shit out of Vanderbilt, 56-0. Duh. Then we have Washington wins the Apple Cup. Do they cement themselves in the big tw- in the Pac-12 championship there? No. Uh-uh, Utah's in. Okay. And then Utah beats the shit out of Colorado, 63-21. to Indeed. I mean, these, these are all – I mean, Washington – the Apple Cup was the only game that was potentially going to be competitive. Yeah. Between Tennessee and whipping on Vanderbilt and Utah doing what they're supposed to do to Colorado, like – yeah. Yeah. Number 16, Florida State takes one from their in-state rival beating Florida 45 to 38. You called this, didn't you? Um they didn't cover. Mm. They were nine and a half point favorites. So that last like minute or two touchdown from Florida, no bueno for the betting side. Damn. Yeah. That was one hell of a game. I was I did watch this game too. It was it was a good back and forth battle and Florida State's quarterback Travis had some Caleb Williams like situations, but he couldn't do that all day, every day. No, uh, so he was only 13 of 30. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number 22, UCF beats South Florida, 46 to 39. Who cares? Next. NC State upsets number 17, North Carolina, 30 to 27. Pissed me off so bad. Piss me off. And then North Carolina is going to play Clemson for the ACC championship or North, something like that. North Carolina yeah. is the pit this year in the ACC. It's always like pit that does this. Both teams suck. I think you may be a little, a little doubt on them. Yeah. They're not, they're not the best. That's true. You're right. I number, shouldn't let that bias creep in. You're number right. 18, UCLA beats Cal 35 to 28. Cal was in this one. Yes, yes, they were. Cal was so, up, I think, in the second half, right? Yeah, so UCLA was hung over from the USC game, you think? Yeah, probably a little bit. But I mean, it's the end of the year. What are they playing for? Yeah. Number 19, Tulane, makes their way to the AAC championship game, beating number 24, Cincinnati, 27-24. to 24. I feel bad for the kids of Cincinnati, and we'll get to that later, but yeah. how in it was their coach? Yeah. In the Egg Bowl, number 20 Ole Miss loses to Mississippi State 24-22. Jim, was Son this, of a bitch. It's depressing. Very depressing. <laughs> Ole Miss is like a team for you. I'm a big Lane Kiffin fan. Yeah. And if he'd have gone to Auburn, I would have then been an Auburn fan, so... Uh, this sucks, but he's got signed an extension. Better things to come. Better things to come. Kentucky wins the in-state battle, beating number 25, Louisville, 26-13. Yay. Yay. Can we do the Big 12 talk? Sure. Who's going to who's, who's do the Big 12, Jim? Do you want to do this? I got it. Do you... <laughs> I'll be nice, too. W ends their season with a 24-19 to 19 win over Oklahoma State. Shocking. I, I'm a good win for them. 
at this point, nothing surprises me in like the bottom half of the Big Twelve. Are they bowl eligible now? No. No shit. No, That's why you are five and seven. That's why, that's why I wrote it ends their season, Jim. Well, okay, Muff. I don't know if you counted bowls a season, but okay. Texas Tech wins a shootout with Oklahoma, fifty-one to forty-eight. I'm assuming Oklahoma is not bowl eligible, right? Oklahoma is bowl eligible. They're six and How six. in the hell? Because Steve Jim, they played twelve games. They won <laughs> six of those games, which is the mandatory requirement to be bowl eligible. Give me W instead of Oklahoma in a bowl any day of the week. All right, number twenty. That was a, that was a Big Twelve game, though, right? Yeah, Fifty-one sure. to forty-eight. That's the Big Twelve. Texas ends their regular season with a win, beating Baylor thirty-eight to twenty-seven. I think that that's a good deal there. Good job. I mean, it's good for Texas. It'll help improve their bowl status. Now the two games that matter. Kansas State won't be denied their spot in the Big 12 championship game, beating Kansas 47-27. to And TCU stays unbeaten, unbeaten, beating Iowa State 62-14. to So Kansas State takes on TCU. In the battle for it all, the Dr. Pepper Big 12 championship. And halftime, they'll throw footballs into the big Dr. Pepper <laughs> bottles. I tell you... I've seen them toss them. I've seen them do everything but it's throw them. It's like the push, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all. It's all about. It's like, the, a, bounce, the, it's like a basketball pass. Yeah. Hey, I think the Big Twelve is legitimate because I need you to support this. Well, they're better than the ACC, so they're not the worst Big Power Conference now. Yes. How about compared to the Pac-12? Uh, equal to. I think the Pac-12 is better than the Big 12 this year. I we changed did. my mind on that one. We we did this conversation last week. Yeah, I changed my mind on that one. I, I again, I think there's the upper and lower half, and there's the full, the the full conference. So yeah, let's get to the Big Ten. Maryland blanks Rutgers thirty-seven to zero. Good job. Yay. Illinois takes out their frustration on Northwestern. Winning forty-one to three, right? Good job. Because Illinois could have been in a whole different position here. Nebraska just takes the Big Ten West and throws it upside down, beating Iowa twenty-four to seventeen. Good job, Nebraska. But I don't know what's more interesting here: that Iowa scored seventeen points, or that they gave up twenty-four. They gave up twenty-four. Well, seventeen's a lot for them to score too. Yeah, but it's not anyway. Minnesota stayed alive in the Big Ten championship discussion for a minute, beating Wisconsin 23-16. And then Purdue makes their way to the Big Ten championship by beating Indiana 30-16. to So the West is settled. Number 11, Penn State brings the land-grant trophy back to Happy Valley, beating Michigan State 35-16 to because they got some fight in them, them some dogs on, on Penn State. Good job. They got a great coach leading the way. You know what? They ain't got a bad coach. They ain't got a bad coach. For one second here. Mm -hmm. Penn State beat Purdue in the opening week. Yep. Just let that sink in. Yep. Number three, Michigan makes it two in a row against their rival, Ohio State, winning 45 to 23. 
Jim, you, ha- you have to have more background. You have to have a little bit more breakdown Woo! here. I know um, you got more to say. C.J. Stroud had tons of time to throw the ball. Um, they played very conservative. Their defense made zero adjustments at halftime. Fucking zero adjustments at halftime. I said to everybody in my room, or everybody in the living room, I said, this drive will determine the outcome of this game. The very first drive, Michigan had the ball. And they came out and scored. And it was like, well, that's it. This is how it's going to be. Because they decided they wanted to play man on man and make no adjustments for that quarterback. They got outcoached. Outcoached. Plain and, plain and simple. You hired a defensive coordinator for this very reason, and it happened again, only worse. Now, I'm not going to blame these kids, but... Oh, the big old butt. But those points at the end, the kids gave up. I've never, and I mean never, seen a game of that magnitude... Where the team was just like, yeah, okay. We don't have a shot at winning. So, yeah, go ahead and score. I saw a clip before we got on the show. Ryan Day had to had to get them back on the field to do Carmen, Ohio at the end of the game, which they do win or lose no matter what. And the kids were like, we really have to do this? Yes. This is, this is tradition that's been there longer than you, sir. Yes. Ohio State, the fans are calling for Ryan Day's head. In traditional Ohio State fashion. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. They want they want Urban Meyer back. They <laughs> want they want Luke Fickle. They want Mike Vrabel. They're calling Ryan Day, John Cooper. They want Bobby Carpenter. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think Ryan Day should be fired. I will say that the criticism that Ohio State is soft is valid. Michigan got some dogs in them. And they were playing without their number one running back for like, he had like what, two or three carries and then he sat out. Mm -hmm. They're just, they are just built. Michigan is built different. Georgia built different. Penn State, yes, we had a great game against Penn State, but if you don't have that phenomenal quarter on that fourth quarter by that one player, Talking about a whole different outcome. Penn State in that game yesterday, a bunch of fighters. Ohio State does not have that. What what happened to them when athlete and all the land, Jim? I said, and you can tell me, you bring back the tapes. I've never said he was the number one athlete. I believe you said he was the best athlete in the in the country. Who? Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, that's not yes. I believe he is the best athlete. What happened? He I was not talking about yards. CJ Stroud. Oh yeah, I was gonna get pissed. No, I, I believe he is the best athlete in the country. He okay. he had hundred yards and a touchdown, hundred twenty five yards and a touchdown. Why did we stop throwing him the ball? Good question, Jim. It's a good question. Coaching. Now, if we sneak in to the playoff after this, like if TCU loses or if USC loses. And we magically sneak in. I and, and then we somehow win the national championship. There should be a fucking asterisk. And that's all I have to say about that. 
they sneak if they get into the playoff, there's already an asterisk in my mind. I, I disagree with you on that stance, but yeah, I disagree with too. I mean, one loss to a top three team at the time. Well, that's just logic, buddy. I know you're burnt from the Penn State issue years ago, but I'm just saying if the committee they I mean, I understand there are scenarios that play out where there's like obviously like a four loss Purdue beats Michigan, and that obviously this puts a whole other situation in there. But or like what? Um, if USC Utah, loses, Utah beats USC. Right. Like there are these scenarios. I don't disagree. Um, I just now if I just hate I just hate I hate when non-conference champions get in, and it has nothing to do with the Penn State thing. That's just I hate it. Why are we playing conference championships then? Georgia loses this championship, Georgia's in. Michigan yeah. I think if Michigan loses to Purdue and it's close. I still think they're in. I think it doesn't matter how Michigan loses, they're in. If they get blown out by Purdue, they're not in. Uh, We're talking like a 41-0, to zero, like when Ohio State beat Wisconsin. Do you think Michigan should still be in? Yes. I would put Bama over Ohio State. Again, if we were talking about the USC loses. No, no. Listen, I'm saying Georgia wins, TCU wins, USC wins. Michigan loses 41 to nothing. They should still be in. Put Bama in and tell the Big Ten to go home. <laughs> Put a two-loss Bama in. If you get blown, if your champion got blown out by Purdue, hey, they're the champions, the Big Ten West, Jim. Don't get don't get it twisted. Well, you were saying, we why do we play conference championship games? You're saying if Purdue wins forty-one nothing, they don't deserve to be in. That's what I'm saying. I'm all about conference champions. If, so if Purdue gonna... should be in. I'm saying if we're going to play conference championships and we're saying they mean something, why are we not just sending the conference champions to this playoff? I understand we don't have enough power conferences and spots in the playoff to do it, but. But then in the same vein, they should mean something if you get destroyed in it. No. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense, Muff. Not in this. That's situational. If it's Michigan's that's, only. I feel like if it's Muff Mich- likes the NFL model better where. You win your division, you get in. Right. And then the next top was a three-inch conference. That's why oh, yeah. it'll be uh, – Right. This okay. is why an expanded playoff form to yeah. me then means conference champions automatically get in. Right? Yeah. I don't even care what these polls are unless, you know, you're going to – I don't know. However you're going to expand it. But that's what I'm saying. That's what conference championships mean. Why are, Why do we care who wins them if we care more about who who might be losing them? Uh, okay, I tell you what's what, another shitty thing about college football is. So let's say that all four of the top four went out. Mm-hmm. Okay, who plays in the Rose Bowl? All, so if the, all the top four be, went out. Yeah, if wouldn't it be the next two best in each conference? So it's Ohio State. Yeah, so Ohio State would get in from the Big Ten, and then. Bam. Whoever's in the Pac-12. Although, I'm trying to think. Pac-12 would be probably Washington. That is the dumbest shit ever. Penn State has played that scenario a but couple I'm times. Not, but Ohio State should get in. Okay. To what? The Rose Bowl. Okay. Because they're because they're five. Right. Then give me Bama or Tennessee and the Rose Bowl. You just talked about traditions, man. 
The you got the same car. You got the same. You, well, then why? Why do you care about the players not wanting to come? Because that's the on the micro higher? level. On the macro level, I want to see the whole thing play. I want to see good versus good. Washington's ten and two. They're not good. And they're a top ten team, Jim. They just won the Apple Cup, Jim. It was the Apple Cup. Give me. Yeah, you, were, you could. See. You couldn't even win the game. They won the <laughs> Apple Cup. That's true. That's true. Dance. Jim says you suck. That's fine. Is Washington no better than Penn State? They shot no hot. They got no hot. That would be a good bowl game. Washington and Penn State? Yeah. They, they have played that game before. Interesting. Do it again. Run it back. Don't give Ohio State the Rose Bowl. Send them to Tostitos. It's a playoff game. Yeah. Is it? Not going to happen this year. Yeah, we looked I'm, that up. I'm bad with it too. curious about that whole Rose Bowl thing. Uh, Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl were the playoff games. <laughs> so the Sugar Bowl is, is out there on its own? Yep. All right. I think that usually carries in that large team, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Right. I'm ready to expand the playoff. And not because I think it's in. I just want to see it like finally play itself out. Like I want to see possibly a Penn State fight its way dog fight its way through and play a Georgia. That would be cool. That's cool to me. Or Clemson. No, fuck that. You better put the the MA on this this episode. That's the EX. Um, All right. Let's get into the polls. The AP poll has the top four, as we expected. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC has Ohio State at five, Bama six, Tennessee seven, Penn State at eight, Washington nine, Clemson at ten. Coaches poll. Has the top six unchanging, and then has Penn mm. State at seven, Tennessee at eight, Washington at nine, and Kansas State at ten. College football playoff. We all know we had some shakeups there. We had four of the top ten teams losing this week: week Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and Oregon all losing this week. Um, with Obviously, the shakeup coming. We'll see that more in this week's betting episode that'll be out on Thursday morning. So, Alex phoned in his top four, which is exactly what everyone else's top four is yeah. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. Alex does not have a top 10. We're only doing top 10 this week because after that, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, Jim, what is your top 10? I go right with the coaches' poll. I, I keep Penn State at seven and Tennessee at eight. That's it. Oh, no. Yeah, I go with Coach's poll. Correct. That's exactly what I do. I am with the AP poll. So I've got I State, Bama, Tennessee, Penn State, Washington, and then I have Kansas State at 10. I don't know how you keep Clemson in the top 10. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. I think this is a anticipation situation. Anticipation of what? Anticipation of what kind of bowl can we get them in when they win the ACC title? How much can we elevate them after this week? Well, what's the ACC go to? Isn't that uh, the Orange Bowl? That's where they're going to go. Right. So how high can they climb? They could bypass. Potentially, they can get all the way up to six or seven. How? No. Bypassing Kansas State, who may lose. Washington, who's not going to be playing, Penn State, who's not going to be playing, and Tennessee, who's not going to be playing. And Ohio State, no. That's why I said value Clemson's win against North Carolina if 
because they're probably going to be unranked. Yeah, right? that's no. that's their problem. I'm just saying they can pass potentially all of those teams that aren't playing or if Kansas State loses. If if they were to jump, no, they shouldn't jump any of those teams. <laughs> no. Well, Listen it's, that. again, it's a conference champion. A two-loss two conference champion is that better than a two-loss other teams that did not win a conference championship? Like, that's – we're going to find out what that means. I would like to do away with conference championships. How is it decided? Right, like, let's do the playoffs from right here. From let's right it, here. Make it happen, huh? I mean, it would buy another week for the kids. Yep. Let's just do it from right here. It is what it is. All right, Nate. Any thoughts on the polls? No, I I agree with Jim. I'm right in line with the uh, coaches' poll. Said I maybe would flip flop Washington and Tennessee, but I mean Tennessee's looked so good. Other than two bad, uh, one bad loss to South Carolina, and then a. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't say give me the coaches' poll. Yeah, the only reason I have Tennessee ahead of Penn State is Tennessee actually has ranked wins. I can tell you that. If the committee put a Bama at five and Ohio State at six, I wouldn't be shocked. After this week? No, come Tuesday. Come Tuesday. Yeah, I guess, yeah. If they said that, I'd be like, all right. I see it. Okay. Because what, is this point Ohio State's only ranked win is against Penn State now? I'm trying Notre to think. Dame not ranked anymore. Yeah, no, they're still well. They were ranked at the time, and uh, they may fall out of the rankings this week. But they were ranked at the time of the win. Yeah. So strength okay. of schedule, the fact they gave up at the end of that Michigan game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did. That, that, that was seven points of garbage. Fourteen points or seven points. There were two long touchdown runs at the end of the game, right? I'm not going to call that. I'm not giving. I'm not going to discredit Michigan. I'm going to say seven points of garbage. Okay. All right. So the championship games, quick preview here. We'll go through all of the, the, the conferences here. We've got on Friday, we've got North Texas taking on university of Texas at San Antonio, the beep beeps, the Roadrunners, and conference USA action. We have also on Friday, Utah, taking on USC in the Pac-12 championship. Oh. Why? Why is this still on Friday night? My in-laws come in Friday night. The game that I need the most. <laughs> I just want to know why are we playing this on a short week? Like, why is one of the top premier conferences in the nation playing their game on a short week? Because they want all eyes on them. I agree, I but I think it's bad for the quality of the game. Mm-hmm. That's so what I'm would saying. you? Who would you put there? I I don't care. Pac twelve plays on Saturday. Yeah, ACC. Yep. Well, I think would, nobody is, would watch Muff. The Pac twelve game on Saturday. I don't think so. Depending on when you have it. Yeah, sure. I mean, okay. you could you could flex stuff out and make it work, but. I just I just don't like that that the pack twelve plays on is Friday. Is this the order you have them in? Is it time based? Uh, I believe I was looking at. Yeah, I believe this is by Holy time. Holy shit! This Saturday sucks. Go ahead, come in order. Kansas State and TCU in the Big Twelve Championship game. 
Toledo taking on Ohio in the MAC in Maction on Saturday. Coastal Carolina, our guys, taking on Troy in the Sun Belt. LSU-Georgia in the SEC Championship game. UCF taking on Tulane in the AAC. Fresno State taking on Boise State in the Mountain West. Purdue taking on Michigan in the Big Ten. And Clemson versus North Carolina in the ACC Championship game. I think I ran straight down a list from ESPN, and they usually have them in order of time. If anybody Saturday's going to gonna suck. <laughs> Why, Jim? Because there's nothing there to watch. There's all sorts of things to watch, Jim. You need to watch Kansas State and TCU. It has bearing on what could happen for you. Yes? Sure. Okay. As Jim looks at TikToks... Um, no, I'm just I'm trying to look at the timing for to make sure this is oh. correct. I'm trying to make sure like the morning game, if the if it's like a noon game, the big twelve, then what are you watching the rest of the day? Action, man. Yeah, I'm good. Watch Coastal. Is it gonna be on TV? I hope. It's probably on somewhere you can find it. Jeez. Just... My brother brought up a good point. I don't know how you would do this, and he was saying, Could you imagine if College football had a thing like NFL Red Zone. Oh, God. It'd be impossible. <laughs> There's too many games. That's, that's what he said. It'd have to be like by channel, by like by conference. Yeah. You could do it for like these games, right? You could do yeah. it for the championship weekend. That would be cool. I agree. I'd, hey, ESPN, make that happen. All right. So, other interesting news. From I was trying to think, about, I, I have YouTube TV. And I get almost every game. The only game I didn't get this weekend that I wanted to watch was the Pitt-Miami game. And it, I can say, like, over the course of the last three years I've had YouTube TV, mm-hmm. that was the first time I missed a game I wanted to watch. Hmm. Shout, shout out, YouTube TV. I was going to say shout out. All right. Other interesting news from the college sports world. Seven Michigan State football players have been charged with crimes stemming from the assault on a Michigan football player in the Michigan Tunnel, with the charges ranging from assault and battery to aggravated assault. I mean, it was assault, brother. Most definitely was in this case. Nebraska signs Matt Rule to an eight-year deal. Talk about the big man making the big money, because he's still going to be collecting from Carolina for years. He's got Bobby Bonilla money coming his way. What do we what do we think about rule to Nebraska? Is this going to re-energize that sports town? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's definitely a good hire. I mean, you saw what he did when he was at Baylor. We took him from what like a one win team to an eleven win team. I mean, what yeah. he did at Temple too, right? Temple, same yeah. way. Yeah, so. I mean, I mean, he just might be like the Nick Saban and be a good college coach, but not worth a damn in the NFL. Bingo, bingo. Uh, Colorado offers Deion Sanders a head coaching job. He is not leaving to go to Colorado. You couldn't offer him enough weed in the state to send him there. I don't know if there's Uh, enough money either. No, I mean, I just don't see him going there. Like, he just doesn't fit in there, I don't think. His brand, the way he wants to do things with the Pac-12 being where Colorado's in, there ain't no way. 
Jim, is there a dissenting opinion that you were about to offer? No, I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, the only other school I saw that said that you may be looking at him that would make a hell of a lot more sense is South Florida. Where's he's Florida from Florida, correct? I think so. I mean, he went to Florida State. Okay. I mean, I knew that. I just didn't know if he was from Florida. So there's, I saw some chatter that if he were to be, he's been offered, if he were to take the Colorado job, then I think there were, there are people who would question what he's been doing at Jackson State, like and what he's been building up to there and how he's trying to bring eyes to the HBCUs and all of that. So um, I don't think he as a person wants to discredit what he's built with his brand and with his message and everything like that to take like a Colorado job. Yeah. I don't think there's enough job to leave. I don't think there's a school willing to meet the demands that he wants. Like, and I think, I think when they, if you were to explore how he runs a team, uh, the people around him and the control he truly has where he's at, I don't know if there's a school that will do that. I mean, he is all in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I saw him tell his players there was a shooting somewhere that they were going to play. Mm-hmm. And he was like, guess what? Y'all ain't leaving the hotel. Not going to happen. And your family, they're just going to have to know that you ain't even going to see them. My job is to take care of you. You people will be in the hotels where I know you are safe. Like that was it, and he doesn't give a shit what their family says. Those kids, their asses will be in their rooms. Yep, yeah, he's definitely. I mean, he's if in. I'm in a big school program, like any Power Five, I feel like I would want that to be the same way. Correct, but you got that won't work at Ohio State. That won't. You mean, or you mean to tell me if Ohio State was going to play the game and whatever that Ryan Day wouldn't say, hey. None of you guys are leaving this hotel tonight. You're not going to see your family to have a drink at dinner or going to no. dinner with no, you're not even going out of your room to say hi. No. I I honestly because of the way the, the this Ohio State's built, you have kids spread out over campus and their own apartments and, and cushy places that have been provided for them. Makes them soft. Like, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you'll have this centralized thing that Dion has, where it's like, it's a, it's not as big, not as, it's easier for him to have his fingers on. And look at the way Urban, like the way that fell apart on him, because he couldn't control every aspect of everybody's life. That's what Dion has right now. Yeah, Dion is a college coach. He, I don't think he'll ever make it to the NFL. No hell no. I don't think he. I don't think he wants to though. No, because he knows that there's a lot of competing egos there. And I'm not saying Dion is a big, big ego, but he's also, I think, smart enough to know that he's using his ego for good where he's at right now. Like there are some people that have their problems with the way Dion does stuff, but in the end, I think he's looking out for the best interest of the program he's in and for the message he's been delivering which is trying to elevate HBCUs. I don't know that. that... Let's go to the next topic. Wisconsin is close to finalizing a deal with Cincinnati head coach, Luke Fickle. I think it's done. 
Is yeah, it I, think it, it, I, I think yeah. I did see a press release from Wisconsin football where uh, Pickle had a quote on there about how he's excited to come to Wisconsin. Okay, good. And that brings me to, like, I feel bad for Cincinnati because he – he flat out said, like, I am Ohio born, raised, I am all in on Cincinnati, yada, yada, yada. Until and Barry Alvarez suck his teeth in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we I mean, knew I this was like going to happen at some point, right? Before. Go ahead, Ma. I say, we know we knew this was going to happen, not necessarily to Wisconsin, but we knew this was going to happen at some point. Right. Yeah, and I feel like Wisconsin is one of those jobs to leave Cincinnati for. I mean, it's granted, a- they're not in the position right now, but how we were talking about the Big Ten West, I mean, I don't feel like it's going to be a lot of pressure for him to win, like, right now. But, I mean, I don't think it's going to take him long to compete. No, especially in the age of transfers and everything like that. I think he alone can probably – bring in some of his better players from Cincinnati that he helped recruit to get there. Mm-hmm. And they can come in and make an immediate impact at Wisconsin. I don't well, think I he like he's going to do better than Brian Kelly as far as getting assistance to come with him. Agreed. I don't think he has the – I don't think he has the balls to change Wisconsin's style of play. I don't think Wisconsin's style of play has to change. Oh, it will. I don't know that it will. I don't. I don't think they're going to be the same like Brett Bielma smash mouth football. That's the generation he grew up in. That's what he was trying to continue to do when he had that year at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That That's a Big Ten born and raised person right there. And the way he loves to run his defense and it's I – mean, if Georgia Tech got rid of Paul Johnson and the triple option, I think anybody could change up their offense. That's a great point, Nate. I can't knock that. Okay. It may be some of the most important news of the week, the year. EA Sports reports that they will delay their NCAA football game release until 2024. Better be worth it. I agree. There better be some of the best features in this game that we've ever seen. From a marketing standpoint, it was probably smart because the last one we got was 14. Yeah. So, you know, 10 years later, you can you can hype the shit out of that. From a development standpoint, consoles are ever-changing. Not everybody has their hands on a PS5 because, you, because of supply and demand. From an NIL... And the government and the governing of that, I think it gives the NCAA and EA more time to work out the details. Just give us the damn game, Jim. I know. I'm going to go from the other side of the coin. <laughs> I'll download all the things later. <laughs> if they want to, if they want to, they want to make changes. Like, I'll say I've seen people in like the Madden community are like, oh yeah, you can go download this file from the Madden servers or whatever, and you can play college football on Madden. Yeah, yeah. Or like leave the rosters or something. Just give the damn game. All right. In a more serious note, 
uh, and something that deserves our attention. In women's college basketball, the Las Vegas Invitational was played inside a hotel ballroom with Indiana head coach Terry Morin calling attention to the less than stellar facilities and highlighting of the women's game. And I begin this quote. I think there are other people who probably need to apologize as well for wanting us to come and play in this event and making promises, if you will. This is not what was described to us as far as what the venue was going to look like, what the setup was going to look like. Carrying on with this quote, what was disappointing was the aesthetics. It's not a fan-friendly environment as women's basketball coaches were trying to move our game forward. It felt like because of this, got so many ticks on social that we had taken a couple steps backward. We have an obligation to grow our game and we completely missed on this opportunity because you have a lot of really good teams that are here. I see all of these other tournaments going on and footage of that, but this was a major miss. I don't, this is going to be so backwards. I don't think the coverage of the piss poor arrangements did it any justice. So I had to read that article and like dive deep. And then I had to like look into what their major complaint is. Basketball tournaments have been held in ballrooms. It's not, this is not some, oh my God, it's a ballroom. There were no bleachers. There was nothing set up for fans. Okay. As far as it being like, that would never happen in a men's situation i i thoroughly agree okay if you're a wrestler i'm pretty sure this happens a lot i'm just saying anyway the bigger issue and and some of the things that probably need addressed that also would never happen in any sport it took people who were hurt i mean like maybe seriously hurt 40 minutes to get medical attention because they didn't have EMS and, and medical attention there. That's that inexcusable. I would not have started the game without right. that. And you got Indiana. This isn't like Westmore High. This is this is Indiana University. Like again, I understand it's females, and this would never happen in the male basketball situation. But I, they play in ballrooms, get them bleachers. I get all that. The bigger issue is, like, what other accommodations did they not have? Right. And hotel ballrooms appears, you know, it's also not a good look because remember what happened at the women's NCAA tournament where the, all of the lackluster weight training equipment, everything was in a hotel ballroom. And this is where I'm going to catch all kinds of fire. Yes, optics wise, and this is why I don't I don't agree with how it's being presented. Optics wise, it's like, oh, they're screwing the women again because look, they just stuck them in a ballroom, and that's the same thing that they did last time. They screwed them over with the facility. They do this like this is a frequent thing to have it in a ballroom. The problem is the ballroom wasn't set up like it's set up all the other times. Like I, apparently, another coach had played. Another female coach had played a similar tournament in Florida in a ballroom, but they had bleachers. The bigger issue is there was no medical like assistance on hand. 
that's that's the bigger and that's like a footnote in the article. <laughs> I think if I were a coach in that situation, unless it's like this premier like thing and the team really wants to play, I'd almost pull my team. So the athletic director for Indiana called after hearing this and talked to the coach, and the coach was like, How are you feeling about this? Or the AD was like, How do you feel about this? Do you feel safe? She asked the players. She asked her assistant coaches. Everybody felt safe. You got to remember that money was spent to get them from Indiana to Las Vegas. So, like, to be like, all right, we're going home. I don't know. You're getting a refund. I, I, I think that makes a statement. I mean, for I had I have no insight on this article or anything about what's going on. I'm hearing about all this for the first time. If that were me, I'm pissed. And I'm like, you're going to treat us like this, and we're like these Division One college basketball athletes. And you want to put us up here, and this is the facilities you're going to give us and the attention you're going to give our game. No, we're worth more than that. At the risk of not getting a refund and losing all that money in your program? I mean, I think it makes a bigger statement. I mean, I agree I, with you. I just, I, yeah. That's that's the side of the coin I think some of the schools are looking at. I mean, at that point, I would have said, my God, I think I could probably go find a high school gymnasium better than this. Amen. Especially in Las Vegas. Especially in Las Vegas. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot more venues you could choose from than that ballroom and with no bleachers or anything. Now, whoever it was, the tournament organizer, he comes out and says uh, something effective like, this is a one-and-done situation. The The Mirage screwed us. Well, we won't be back. Blah, 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 blah. It's on them. He kind of passes the buck. But you set up the tournament. Get some EMS down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't abnormal for Las Vegas. Like, they do things there a lot. Yeah. They should be able to get the basics down. Yeah. All right. And that wraps up a very extensive discussion on college football and other things in this week's edition of College Football Breakdown. As we know, the World Cup is underway in the group stages, the United States has played to a draw against Wales and a draw against England. So we have a senior correspondent, a new guru to the to the show, Andrew, who's out there. He's going to give us his thoughts. But uh, first, a couple comments that he made before we get into his discussion here. Um, in the U.S.'s first game against Wales, Andrew's breakdown is the U.S. dominated the first half in terms of possession, scoring chances, and overall wanting it more. They came out the second half flat, then Wales outpossessed them and started generating some scoring chances of their own. The U.S. started to look fatigued around the 60-minute mark and then shot themselves in the foot, giving up a late but deserved penalty kick to Wales and Gareth Bale, who converted and tied the game with about 10 minutes to play. It was Andrew's quick breakdown of Wales. Thoughts from the England game. He was impressed with the U.S. defensive effort and knows the offensive output needs to come through the United States midfield. Andrew questions why Christian Pulisic is taking all of the set pieces and corners for the U.S. as their most viable scoring threat. The U.S. comes away with a key draw to set up a win and into the knockout rounds against Iran on Tuesday. Now, let's hear from our voice of the World Cup coming straight from Qatar, Andrew. Hi everyone, I'm Andrew, the Senior World Cup Correspondent for the podcast, and I'll give you my thoughts on the World Cup. I'd like to start with a moment of silence for Italy. 
Four-time champs failed to qualify in their second consecutive World Cup after having lost 1-0 in qualifiers back in March at home to North Macedonia. Like any good sporting event, this year's FIFA World Cup has not been without its upsets. This has resulted in a lot of exciting games and, regrettably, money lost from my sportsbook account. Some of the more impactful upsets of this tournament are Iran's defeat of Wales, Japan's upset of Germany, and probably the most surprising at this point is Saudi Arabia's defeat of Lionel Messi's Argentina. My teams to watch are Portugal, Brazil, and France. Portugal because they're in a weak group and they have Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, what more could you ask for? Brazil, they're also in a favorable group and they're always one of the tournament favorites and their style of play is very creative and fun to watch. If you have the opportunity, I'd strongly suggest catching one of their games in France because they are a European soccer powerhouse, they have a flair for the dramatic, and they're driven with experience and are technically sound squad. My dark horse for the tournament is Japan. Their win over Germany was impressive. Germany is either highly overrated for this tournament or had an absolutely terrible match. Either way, Japan's dominant performance throughout leads me to believe they're capable of a deep run. Now let's shift the focus back to Team USA. We have one of the youngest squads in the tournament with an average age of around 25. The team is led by Christian Pusilic and my boy Weston McKenney. While their youth does indicate a lack of experience, we should almost view this as a strength. What they lack in experience, they more than make up for in their fitness, determination, and eagerness to make a name for themselves. The defeat and humiliation of our national teams from the past decade is lost on this group, who only see the potential for greatness and glory on the world stage. Regardless of the outcome for them in this particular World Cup, we should see the core of this team together for years to come, and they will only grow stronger as they gain experience as a team. In the U.S. recent games against in the recent game against Wales, U.S. came out of the gate brilliantly in the first half, took the pace of the play directly to Wales, and dominated the entire half. Um, while their play style wasn't as polished as their contemporaries, everyone wore their heart on their sleeves, and they ended the half with a 1-0 lead thanks to a spectacular goal by Tim Way. The second half couldn't be more different from the first. They came out flat, looked exhausted, like they spent all their energy in the first, and ultimately Wales took control, scored a late game penalty kick, which tied it at 1-1, and that's how the game ended. The U.S. had a much better show against England. Um, while they did come out weak and waited for England to take control of the game, they slowly became acclimated to England's play style and began to engage here and there, building momentum without making mistakes. Then in the half with some great scoring opportunities while playing England as equals. In the second half, the U.S. picked up where they left off. They limited England's scoring opportunities and did a great job of keeping the ball away from Luke Bryan, doppelganger, Harry Kane. There were some puckering moments late in the game as a defensive for the U.S., now playing with some swag, got careless and made a series of terrible decisions and passes. Luckily for the U.S., England wasn't able to capitalize on these, and the game ended in a 0-0 draw. The U.S. looks forward to a match against Iran on Tuesday, the last of their group games. If the U.S. wins, they advance to the knockout round. If they lose, it's a long plane ride back. My three keys to success the Team USA. First, we need to get the ball to Christian Pusilic. While he has these tiny little legs and isn't very fast, he is very quick and wily. He is the U.S.'s greatest scoring threat, and we should give him every opportunity to do so. Which means, number two, get someone else to take the corners and the free kicks. Pusilic's delivery of free kicks against Wales was atrocious. Have someone else take them. Every player on the national team should be able to hit a cross. 
Pusilik needs to be on the receiving end of these kicks where he'll have the opportunity to clean up scraps and put the ball in the back of the net. My third key to Team USA success is our midfield. We have an extraordinary group of midfielders in McKenney, Musa, and Adams. The US midfield are the hips of their attack. Like a boxer will tell you, all punches start from the hips. Likewise, all the US score chances are generated by the exceptional effort and passing of the US midfield. Their ability to maintain possession, find openings, and work the ball of their strikers is one of their greatest strengths of this team. And with that, kicking it back to you fellas. Thank you for your, your words of wisdom, Andrew. We look forward to more updates from you in the World Cup. This is Mount Massive. Hey, Yodelay. So, I've changed it up. If you're looking at the schedule, the loyal listeners are keeping track. I did change the topic. I've changed it to the top five most aggravating things in sports. I'm going to go first. Uh, Ohio State losing to Michigan is my number one most aggravating thing in sports. Now I'll get to the rest. The USC fight song for me. And it's not the song itself. It's the number of times they play it within the game. It, it, but I was watching the game last night against Notre Dame, and it was driving me nuts. Okay? Number three, certain commentators. Joel Clatt. <laughs> certain commentators in certain games I can't stand. Okay? Number four, flopping. World Cup, NBA, I'm looking at you people. You're just falling. Nobody hit you. Stop it. And number five, annoying fan bases. I will cite some examples. Ohio State, Michigan, Steelers, Cowboys. Yeah, that that sums up the ones that I can think of right off the top of my head. And those are my top five most annoying things. In sports. sports. Okay. I will go next. No particular order as typically is for me. They're just all on the the mountain of massiveness. Uh, Off the field court, unnecessary drama. Off of the competitive playing surface, unnecessary drama. Um, There are some things that I understand are bigger than the game and do deserve to have some level of uh, coverage and insight. But there are some times I'm just like, this belongs in like it's a reality show. And mm. many times those people have reality shows after the fact. And that's when I know it was all drama when they yeah. get a TV deal after the fact. Um, replay lasting too long as as far as a play being up in the replay area. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing more frustrating to me than in the middle of a game. You know, obviously, we have see this more in the NFL because it's been there longer. But just sitting there like two or three minutes goes by five minutes goes by and it's like after anything after five to me is way too long and i just get frustrated because the flow of the game is then disrupted um next for me off to that point yeah the replay for spot of the ball Mm -hmm. is is up there because it lasts that long and like i hate that one yeah because it's always like they want to that's one of the most difficult things nate from your perspective, is that be one of the most difficult things to figure out with replay spot of ball? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's why the ball goes here. It's like, well, you're not going to exactly spot it there. It's not right. like you have a laser built into the ball and lasers on those sideline or pylon cams. Soccer does. I'm just saying. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of football, I mean, cause that's what I'm most familiar with. It's like, all right, <laughs> spot the ball for me on the five and a half. Uh, exactly. Yeah. 
But then they go back to like when the time the ball hit the line. They got to look at the time and the ball, the line, and the time mm-hmm. and the ball, the line from this angle takes forever. Yeah, they almost need like a time limit. Yes. Yes, I agree. Let's put a time limit. It's like Jeopardy. Final Jeopardy on replay. Next for me is the NCAA. Always, There's always something to gripe about with the NCAA. There's always these things that we think should be groundbreaking and monumental things that they should be a part of. And just like NIL, they throw their hands up and say, hey, everybody else figure it out. We'll come back into this later once we know what we want to do or how we want to control this. Um, it is just such a controlling enterprise uh, to me that I think has lost sight of its purpose. Next, rules designed only to create better opportunities for offenses and scoring. Or the way that rules are uh, executed on the field. Um, Thinking two sports specifically here, thinking basketball and football, and how everything has been tailored towards scoring. we'll We'll never see 80s and 90s NBA or college at this point, basketball, because hand checking is no longer legal. And in football, everything is centered around offensive output, not just with quarterbacks and roughing the passer, but also when it comes to defensive backs. Um, I think that that is the most difficult position in sports to play is defensive back in football, because you never know what you can do and what you can't do. So that's a fury for me. And number one, Maybe aside from the person that we're recording with today, Ohio State fans. Maybe aside? Maybe aside. The hell with you, Muff. Maybe aside. And the reason for this for me, this is very uh, current to, to, to me, and this I'm saying aside from Jim on this one specifically, is it is very rare to me, and I see this specifically, maybe it's just because the area I'm in and the people that I know and associate with, where a group, a fan base, can take a whole week to express hate towards the other fan base, in this case, Michigan. The game comes. The game happens. If Ohio State were to win, we would hate Michigan for 364 more days, openly, and mock them and tell them how this. Ohio State loses. We no longer keep that same energy and I see it all transferred to WVU fans. Oh, Moff. That is we, so We talked. Wrong. We talked all this trash for a whole week. So blatantly For a wrong. whole week. Holy and then we shit. get so upset because WVU that, fans. Oh, Moff. You know what? What? You are so full of shit right now. Am I? Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. You are looking at it from the perspective of where you live, number one. Number two. WVU fans are the first people when Ohio State loses any game to come out and point the finger when you live in the Ohio Valley and go, ha ha, but WVU, you have no national titles. Oh, you see, this is it right here. This right here is why I don't like it. Because instead of... I hate Michigan. I continue to hate Michigan. But you to sit there and go, oh, you just come out and pick on the innocent WVU fans. Go to hell. WU fans don't like Ohio State, and they come out and talk to shit, and then they then they catch the wrath of Ohio State. They're like, oh, look at you. You did hate Michigan. Why are you picking on WVU? Because WVU ran their mouths. 
I think gymnast has a strong hatred for blue and gold color. I absolutely do. I think, but if you took a whole week, talk all that all that trash, mm-hmm. and then you lose, and then you have to refocus your trash talk into somebody else, just accept the defeat. I you're not oh. seeing me, bitch. I I did not bitch about WVU in the Big Twelve. But a WVU fan, if they were to come to me and talk shit like they do, Mm -hmm. I will then divert all of my hate towards that WVU fan. Can Michigan talk smack all year now? Absolutely, they can. Okay. There's a lot of F-bombs. I'm sorry. This is every episode. (laughs) And this This is to be expected. (laughs) And this is what I hope for whenever I put Ohio State fans on my list. That was so – you you were fine if you're like, they're annoying. They are – they are – Fairweather fans, they they want to fire their coach at the drop of a hat. Okay. But yep. as soon as you brought WVU into the convo, Muff. All, all those things that you just said are all of the things that are universally accepted. I just want to toss that out of the bar bin. Oh. <laughs> you woke me right up, Muff. Thanks. <laughs> all right, Nate, you've had I think you've had enough time. You come into this one cold. Yep. So this won't necessarily be a top five. This will be more of a random five. So to go on that on that topic, number one most aggravating thing for me in sports is Dallas Cowboy fans because mm-hmm. they're like Ohio State fans, as to Muff's explanation, but on steroids. Uh, they always think that this is going to be their year, and then when things start going bad, they want to blame Jerry Jones. They want to blame the coaching. It's like maybe you guys aren't as good as you think you are. Uh, number two would have to be any ass hat that decides to rush the field or streaker on the field during the game. It's like, quit making this about you and you're interrupting the game. I don't care why you're running on the field. You're drunk, whatever, go home. Number three, no salary cap in baseball. I know Jim's uh, not a baseball guy, but I no, mean, that's a good point. Universal I mean, agreement there. You got to have something. I mean, I'm sick and tired of seeing the same teams year after year. Now, if they're good year after year, fine. But when you got teams like New York and L.A. that can go spend millions, billions, whatever amount of money they want, it's like that's why I like college football more than the NFL. It's like you can see more teams or different teams year after year. But now with this NIL, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so to me, that's three. And then another one just by doing some Googling that's uh, – I'm going to say advertisements in general, because now you're starting to see teams wearing advertisements on their jerseys. It's like, okay, come on. Mm -hmm. It's like you watch any, like, what is it, like Russian Hockey League or any European hockey, and my goodness, they got logos all over the ice, all over their jerseys. Hell, it's probably all over their pads, all over the locker room. It's like, oh, this media timeout is brought to you by uh, Mom and Pop Shop. I definitely feel like Nate's the old man on the porch sometimes. <laughs> like, he makes me feel good about life sometimes. All right, so let's see. That's four. And then I would say number five would have to be greedy professional athletes in general. It's like, you're going to hold out for all this money. It's like, you don't need all that money. You were playing college ball or high school ball or whatever, and you were doing just fine. You don't need to beg, bleed, and cry for a 200 some million dollar contract. You don't need all that money. And I don't feel any sympathy for any of these pro athletes that go broke left to their playing days. You are the old man on the porch. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Proud to be. 
It was proud to be the old crush man on the I course. would say uh, honorable mention, since I, like I said, going in this cold and just scrolling through all these Google articles, is the soft non-conference scheduling in college football. Oh, I agree. Hey, but you're making those schools millions of dollars by showing up. Yeah, yeah I get that and whatever, but it's like, I don't want to see, especially like the SEC plays like those small schools. Yeah, you're getting them their money. But it's like, yeah, maybe do it just the first game of the year. You don't need to play two or three cupcakes, as we call them, every year or have one year late or one week later in the year to, like, pad up your schedule before you play the big rivalry game, Alabama. You don't need to play Austin P before you play Auburn or whatever. That was not massive. <laughs> Yodelay-hee-hoo. This is start. Yeah. Bench. Oof. Cut. All right, I got some situational things. Okay. So you are the first team to draft this year. We're assuming it's the Texans. Solid assumption, I think. Unless they've given their picks away to Miami again. Yes, okay. We're going to stick with the Texans. Your choice is to start, bench, cut, or in this case, to draft, maybe draft, hard pass. Okay. Bryce Young, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud. I'm going to draft Bryce Young. Going to maybe draft C.J. Stroud, and I'm going to hard pass on Will Levis. I agree with Muff completely. I would like your reasonings. I want to know why we're passing on Will Levis. That's what I want to know. Will Levis this year has not shown up in big games. He possesses, I think, the most prototypical quarterback size, right? He's a bigger guy. Um for those that don't remember, he was at Penn State and was primarily a running quarterback for them. Got to Kentucky, was inserted into a running offense for them. And I think he was just banking off of what's been going on well there as far as the running game. I think it opened up the passing game for him. I think he's the least accurate of those three, which in the NFL, that's what you need. Okay. You are the coach for the Warriors. This is a true blue start bench cut. Okay. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andre Godala. I'm going to – Nate's a huge, huge basketball fan. Nate, huge. Um, I'm, I'm going to – A round of orange ball. I'm going to start Steph Curry. I am going to bench Andre Godala, and I'm going to cut Clay Thompson. Splash Brothers no longer splash together. Nate. I mean, I not knowing anything about basketball, really. I mean, if anybody doesn't start Steph Curry, you're you're just out there. I don't know what you're going to wear. <laughs> I mean, just watching the pregame warm-ups, I mean, it's incredible. And then, yeah, Iguodala or Clay, flip a coin. Okay. I'm going to start Curry, bench Clay. And cut Iguodala. Okay. I'm going to throw some wild cards in here. All right. 
you are the coach of the Cleveland Browns. God help me. (laughs) You can start, bench, cut, or retire the following people. Jacoby Brissett, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, Tom Brady. Why does Tom get put into this mix? That's why I threw it. This is the wild card. Well, the other three all played in Cleveland at some point. Or are going to play. And and Brady lost in Cleveland today. Okay. I guess there's a connection. Oh, I'm going to start Tom. In Cleveland. Yes. Okay. If I'm the Cleveland head coach, yes, give me Tom Brady, please. Okay. I'm going to bench. I'm going to bench Jacoby Brissett just because he's he's that guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's. I think he's a good good number two, good person to have on the team, good person for the bench. I'm going to cut Baker Mayfield because hell, we've already done that, and Deshaun Watson's going to be retired. Nate, I you know I do like all four of those, but. I mean, obviously, I think you got to start Brady given his prowess. But I mean, at this point in his career, I might just say retire him. But I mean, Watson, though, I mean, if he can play like the Watson of old and keep his, his, you know, what in your pants, then I mean, I want him on the team. So I think I got to stick with Muff's order for now and then TBD. With Deshaun, yeah, <laughs> we don't we we can't make a we can't make a statement on Deshaun yet until we know what's going to happen. Yep, good, bad, uh, or otherwise. I'm yep. going to start Tom Brady. It's a touchy subject. <laughs> I'm going to start Tom Brady. I'm going to bench Baker. I'm going to cut Brissett, and I'm going to retire Watson. Surprise, surprise! That you're going to cut Jacoby Brissett. Okay. You think Baker Mayfield's a good a good number two guy? Yes. Hmm. I have faith. Okay. Now you are the Ohio State Athletic Director. Okay. You, you can start bench cut or stay the hell away from the following people. Ryan Day. Urban Meyer, Luke Fickle, Mike Vrabel. I'm going to start Luke Fickle. I'm going to bench Mike Vrabel. I'm going to cut Ryan Day. And Urban Meyer, just stay away from the program. (laughs) To you, Nate. Yeah, Urban Meyer, yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Stay the hell away. Uh, I would keep Ryan Day, bench Fickle, cut Vrabel. I mean, Vrabel's good where he's at. You don't need to bring him in. I'm going to start Mike Vrabel. I'm going to bench Ryan Day. I'm going to cut Luke Fickle and stay the hell away from Robert Meyer. You don't want Luke Fickle around? I don't like Luke Fickle. Why not? It's because he's a really good wrestler. 
No, I just don't like him as a person. Okay. Not as a person. I don't like him as a coach. I just don't like the way he coached. Anyway, that's start bench cut. Thank you for playing along. <laughs> that was a lot more fun throwing these wild cards in there. All right. And that takes us to the end of this week's episode of Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. As a reminder, do all the things on the social media. Get it on YouTube. Subscribe. Rate, comment, review. Hit the bell. Share with the peoples. Keep this rocket ship going to the moon because to get there, we will need you all to tell a friend, make a friend, be a Yep.